Before we get going with my promised occasionally helpful guide to parenting kids with special needs, let me introduce the players in my story and tell you a little bit about how we got here. Don't worry, I'll keep it brief and then fill in the blanks as we go. I'm Ashley. That much you should be aware of by now, seeing as you're listening to my book. I'm the father of six children, or what I call a Blaker's half-dozen. I did warn you about the dad jokes. I work as a stand-up comedian and live in North London, apart from when I'm performing on tour, when I manage to dodge some of my parental duties. Getting out of our lengthy bedtime routine is probably the only upside to a night in a travel lodge. Prior to having kids, I'd had some experience of people with learning difficulties. At school, we had an annual MenCap Fun Day, when local children and young adults, many with Down syndrome, would come for a day of activities. This prompted me to volunteer for two years every Wednesday evening at the MenCap Jubilee Club in Boreham Wood. But while I took great pleasure from this experience, I can't say it really prepared me for what was to come. My understanding of autism was mostly taken from Rain Man. We'll deal with that film and its faults a bit later. And I didn't know any of the countless abbreviations with which I'm now familiar. As you'll soon discover, the world of SEN parenting is absolutely full of abbreviations. Starting, of course, with SEN. I want to acknowledge immediately that the poor woman doing most of the work in our house is the children's mother, my wife Gemma. She is currently a year one teacher and the head of teaching and learning in a local primary school. She is also the head of teaching and learning in our house, although I'd say she is much more successful in her paid job than she is in this unpaid one, especially if the pupils are meant to learn about brushing their teeth and washing up their dirty plates. She had previously been a stay-at-home mum for 10 years, as necessitated by the quite ridiculous number of appointments our children seemed to have. Prior to that, I'd been the stay-at-home parent, as required not only by the appointments, but demanded by the London Borough of Hackney when we adopted a daughter in 2010. Before stopping work for a decade, Gemma had been a SENDCO, Special Educational Needs and or Disabilities Coordinator, at two different secondary schools and then a head teacher at a special school. She was handily picking up much useful experience ahead of us effectively running our own special school right here in our home. Because not only do we have a very full life with half a dozen kids, we also have several other major challenges. And that's before we get to my ICU-level athlete's foot and piles. I'm not totally sure why we started having children so quickly and in such high volume. I seem to remember suggesting that we should take our relationship to the next level by adding an extra person. Unfortunately, Gemma misunderstood my hints and thought this meant starting a family. Consequently, having been married merely a few months, we began trying to produce a child. I had only just produced Little Britain for Radio 4, but Gemma and I would soon be creating characters every bit as outlandish as Matt Lucas and David Williams's, and somehow with even more vomiting. Sadly, when it comes to catchphrases, yeah but no but yeah but no proved a lot more marketable than I need £10 and it's my turn on the Xbox. Before I tell you about the children, I want to stress that they are very much more than their diagnoses. I'm going to list them here merely so you can begin to get some idea of what our lives look like on a daily basis. So starting with those with a recognised need. Adam is my eldest son. And, as I write this, he's coming up to his 18th birthday. He was diagnosed with autism and ADHD, 
attention deficit hyperactivity disorder as a three-year-old, which was prompted by his severe speech delay and incredibly limited diet. He's now growing into a wonderful young man who, while a little shy, can be personable, responsible and easygoing. In fact, I'd guess that if you met him, you wouldn't even realise he was autistic because through a combination of maturity, medication and self-taught coping mechanisms, possibly including what is sometimes called masking, he presents as if he were any other teenage boy. However, it wasn't always thus. At varying stages, Adam has been an almost entirely non-verbal toddler who attended a specialist nursery provision, a wild force of nature who terrified anyone and everyone with whom he came into contact, and a cunning presence in our house, forever plotting how any circumstance could be controlled to serve his needs. <laughs> 